The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, comedian Jeff Allen gets you rolling with laughter as he describes the America he grew up in. This, it's a slide. It's not a slide, it's a scoot. <laughs> I put her on this plastic thing that's like three feet high, and she goes two inches. Wee papa, wee papa, wee papa. Wee. I'm not kidding you. What do we have? A six-story high, solid steel. You know, about July, it would hit a temperature of 245 degrees. You'd, you'd lose three layers of skin going down the darn thing. my wife, Betty, and I are glad you joined live today. Jeff Allen is going to be out here in a few minutes. And Jeff's funny. Now, I don't know if he's going to do what he said he's going to do or not, because he doesn't know what he's going to do. He's kind of like, I'm, you know, I get to preach. I never use notes. Most people say, we heard you preach. You ought to use notes. But anyway, he's coming out here, and if he does what he said, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the America I grew up in. Wow. Boy, there's, you look back, things are different for me and Betty. You know, over a half century or three quarters of a century now, a lot of things have changed. Jeff said he's uh, 60 now to us. That's like kid stuff. He's still a kid, you know, <laughs> got to grow up. <laughs> but anyway, he says that's what he's going to do. So I tell you what, why don't we, whatever he does, we're going to welcome. Would you welcome Jeff Allen to life today? Come on, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. All right. It is uh, nice to be back in life today. It's even nicer you drop the charges and let me come back to your fine place. <laughs> it's good to be back in Dallas. I got to tell you um, a little bit about myself, then we'll move on. Um, I'm 62 years old, actually, uh, next week, and I'll be 62. I'm married. I got two kids, grew up in Chicago. I now live in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, some more things on a more personal note. I am a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. Last September, I had my 31st year without a drink or a line of cocaine, so that's a... <laughs> A good thing. Thank you. 19 years ago, my wife and I filed bankruptcy. We lost everything financially. And 20 years ago, my wife said to me one afternoon, uh, if things don't improve in this marriage, she's going to file for divorce. And I only tell you this because I draw my comedy from my life experience. Right now, that's pretty much my life, the highlights. Alcoholism, bankruptcy, and divorce. So <laughs> strap on your party hats, folks. <laughs> Mr. Sunshine flew to Dallas just to cheer you up. So. My favorite philosopher, Woody Allen, said that comedy was tragedy plus time. What that means to me is if you have time to heal from the wounds in your life, you should find humor in the wounds. I'll give you an example of a wound in my life. I was a nine-year-old boy. My parents bought me a dog. It was my dog. And I don't know why, but one day my dog attacked my father and bit him. My dad didn't like that, took my dog out in the backyard and blew him away with his 12-gauge. That's tragic. But I learned at a young age never to bite my father, so. Yeah, I just, just came here to make some lemonade out of a lemon, folks. Come on. You know what I remember about that night was my mother. I was nine years old. I was sad. I was crying. My dog got shot. So my mother patted my little hand and going, stop your crying. You don't want to upset your father. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. 
Should also tell you, I, 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 uh, I, I was diagnosed with adult attention deficit hyperactive disorder. I don't even know what that is. I really don't. How do you quantify and measure attention? I really want to know. I mean, don't you have to know what full attention is before you can figure out what a deficit of that is? I have been around fully attentive people in my life. Trust me, they're frightening people. We used to call them cocaine addicts. I don't know what you call them, but got some guy glaring at you for 20 minutes. Louie, blink, you're frightening people, huh? And I used to think I suffered from attention deficit, uh, but I realized I don't suffer from it at all. It's the people around me that seem to have a problem with it. I, turns out I'm perfectly happy the way God designed me. And uh, I'm a functioning hypochondriac. I should mention that as well. Uh, this is how God looks out for his children. It's my ADHD that keeps my hypochondria manageable. On those days that I'm thoroughly convinced I need an ambulance, by the time I actually get to the phone to call one, I've been distracted four or five times. So. Yeah. I usually wind up in the kitchen. I got the telephone. I can't remember why I have a telephone. So that's when I order our pizza. So. My kids love me. Dad's dying again. All right, pepperoni, baby. So. And I mentioned I'm 62, so that means when I was 60, I had a physical. That's every 10 years. I, I, when I was 50, I had a physical. So at 60, I have a physical. I go in. I, at 50, I went in. They told me I was fine. Everything was great. I figured 60, what, what's changed, right? 10 years. So anyway, I get home. Two weeks later, the nurse calls my house and says, doctor said if you were part of a wildebeest herd, the lions would be circling you, pal. <laughs> what? He said, do you do anything aerobically? I said, I don't know. Let me look the word up. I'll call you back. So my wife goes out and buys me a Fitbit for no other reason than to show me how little I move. That was the whole point of the purchase. <laughs> Fitbit monitors my entire life. I don't know if anybody has a Fitbit. I mean, apparently, I wasn't giving up enough of my privacy to Apple, Google, and the government. <laughs> what could go wrong with a corporation monitoring my sleep habits, for gosh sakes? <laughs> Fitbit tells me how many times I get up in the middle of the night. Am, am I the only one bothered by this? <laughs> I get a text message. You were up five times last night, Jeff. Restless? Well, Brad and Angelina are splitting up. Who can sleep? <laughs> and then I'm watching Golf Channel two months ago. I'm on the couch at 10 in the morning. Two in the afternoon, I get a text message from Fitbit. Are you dead? <laughs> You've taken 78 steps in four hours. And most of that's because my foot fell asleep and I was banging it on the floor. <laughs> Leave me alone. And like everything in life, I found out you could game Fitbit. You really don't even have to take any steps. You just move your arm up and down. <laughs> I could sit in a chair, move my arm up and down. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm in a hotel room eating potato chips, and my wife calls me. She says, what are you doing? Oh, I'm running a 5K. I'll call you back. <laughs> What's that crunching sound? It's my bones. I'm brittle. I'm old. Just... So anyway, the doctor said I had to move. That's the whole point. I had a physical, you got to move, find something. So uh, my wife says to me one morning, I'm not making this up. She comes downstairs and she says, you know, I was thinking about what the doctor said, and uh, I've always wanted to ski. I said, you've always wanted to ski? We've been married 30 years. This is the first time hearing of it. You got any more secrets you've kept for 30 years? Maybe. You have another husband I don't know about? What's going on? I tried skiing when I was young and coordinated. I got knocked unconscious by the chairlift. What more sign from God do you need? And I, the, the insurance company wouldn't cover my head injury. The guy called me up at home and asked me, you got hit in the head with a chairlift? I said, yes, sir. He goes, wow, that makes you a moron. <laughs> we consider that a pre-existing condition around here. <laughs> Man. 
They had me. It was a loophole. So my 60th birthday rolls around, and Tammy's gift, my wife's gift to me, with, I'm not making this up, 12 hours with a personal trainer. Yeah, that was my reaction. <laughs> Gee, thanks, babe. You know, 12 hours with Todd. Hi, Jeff. I'm 2% body fat Todd. <laughs> oh, hey, 2%. I'm 80% flabby Jeff. How you doing? <laughs> so first question he asks me was, how long has it been since I had an exercise program? Well, let me ponder that one, Tato. Oh, let's see, it's been a while, let's see. Well, to be honest with you, Todd, I haven't moved with any purpose since I won the race at Conception. <laughs> so, yeah. So that would make it about 60 years, nine months. So, to be honest with you. I, I, I outran about four billion that morning, I'm still exhausted, so. So Todd says, well, you might want to start out a little slow. So uh, I slept with ankle weights on for a few months. And... <laughs> We'd all exercise. Everybody on planet Earth would exercise if the weight we gained was in a more uncomfortable place on our bodies. Where do we gain weight? Our stomachs and our behinds. It's never in our way. A couple pounds on your forehead would get you to a gym. <laughs> Standing there, man, I can't see nothing. In my wife's dieting, which means we all diet, that's the rules. She came home with rice cakes. I, I've never seen a rice cake, never eaten a rice cake. I don't know what a rice cake is. I look at it, I go, what is that? She says, dessert. I love audiences' responses to that. What? You know, yeah. So that night I'm foraging around looking for something to snack on. I see the rice cakes. I took a bite, never made it to my throat. What is that? If these things are stale. They're not stale, that's what they are. It's not food, it's insulation. Who are they kidding? I told Tammy, we could save money, just eat the styrofoam penis that came with that thigh master you bought. My dog ate nine rice cakes, went in the backyard and passed the thermos. What more do you need to know? Really? Honestly, I can't keep up with the food anymore anyway. GMO, non-GMO, gluten, gluten-free, I have no clue. All I know is my father gave my brother and I food that my sisters didn't have to eat. It was man food. Sardines in a can, that's what he told me. He said, boy, this will put hair in your chest. And I'm nine years old going, that's a good thing. He goes, every man wants hair in his chest, boy. Who knew in the 21st century every American male be waxing all the hair off their body? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Tammy, my wife says to me, I want you to look into that waxing thing. So I looked into it. I came home and told her, get used to the pelt. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Are we nuts? Have we lost our mind as a culture? We pay billions of dollars to have the hair ripped out of our body by the root, but yet we can't pour water on the faces of enemy combatants, you know, people that want to kill us. You know what, I think the CIA needs to open up a series of spas around the world. Yeah. Hey, you know, Ahmed, before we send you back to the battlefield as part of our new Western Civilization Catch and Release program, we're gonna clean you up a little bit. You know those 72 maidens you're dying to lay next to in the next life? They don't want to lay next to a throw rug, so get in the van. So, you guys would be great. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Go like this guy. Oh, my gosh. I pray to God that you experienced good medicine, because I sure did. Baby. Well, I gotta take this, because you, you mentioned the America I grew up in, and I didn't get a chance to, I just wanted to say this. I went to the playground with my granddaughter. What has happened to America's playgrounds? 
This, it's a slide. It's not a slide, it's a scoot. <laughs> I put her on this plastic thing that's like three feet high, and she goes two inches. Wee papa, wee papa, wee papa. Wee. I'm not kidding you. What do we have? A six story high solid steel. You know, about July, it would hit a temperature of 245 degrees. You'd, you'd lose three layers of skin going down the darn thing. Hit the ground like a flat rock on a pond, you'd lose another layer of skin, and you'd get up and go, yeah! <laughs> Now lawyers hang out at the playground, you know, just waiting. So anyway, I was a free-range kid. So. Anyway. Oh boy, uh, this is a gift. You're a gift. You know, we have great love and appreciation for you. I know you. Your Thank wife you. shared a battle with cancer, y'all's right. tension right here, mm. and we've just uh, held on to you with love and watched you and. Relationship special to you like it is to us? Yes, absolutely. How's Tammy doing? Doing great. Uh, almost 18 years cancer-free. So. Isn't that great? Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Tammy, yeah. we love you. And yeah. thanks for being such a good sport and letting him just have fun with everybody. Jeff, I'm, I'm concerned about our country. I'm concerned about where we're headed, but I think there's a chance we can turn it around. I know you were on our friend Huckabee recently. Don't you love him? Isn't he a state? He's a good man. He's a good man. My first time uh, really spending any time with him. I had, he came to our church and spoke, but again, you know, when they come, they're surrounded by a lot of people. And so this is a chance to sit with them and talk. Yeah, he's just, I think he just represents the principles of God yeah. well. What's on your heart? How do we pray for you? And what do you, what do you got ahead of you? What are you going to be doing? Because I know you've got opportunities. How, how can we pray for you with what's before you and what's perhaps on your mind or on your heart? Well, the enemy is obvious. You know, most artists, I think if you, t you really got down and sat with most artists, the, 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 the self-doubts, the doubts, the, the not knowing where, you know, my prayer every day is just somehow let me put one foot in front of the other and do your work, whatever that looks like. And um, whatever doors open, you know, um, at 62 years old, I'm not in the same position I was at 42 uh, or 40. Um, uh, I have a heart for the next generation, you know, I have grandchildren, you know, somebody, it's funny, I saw on another, on a talk show, uh, I'm not sure which one it was, it might have been Tucker, but he had a guest on that talked about European leaders, and a lot of them don't have grandchildren. And he said, that changes your perspective. And it, and it hit me while I was sitting there, he goes, he's, he's right. You know, when, I, when you have children, you kind of look 20 years down, you know, you're, you're in the middle of making your own way in life while you're raising your kids. But then the next generation comes, my grandbabies, I look at those five, four grandchildren I have, that little five-year-old girl, and I think, what's the world gonna look like in 20, 30, 40 years when she's having children, you know? And uh, I wanna reach these kids because they're going to colleges, they're going out into the culture, and they're getting the, their childhood faith knocked out of them. It's almost as if a lot of Christian parents protect their kids away from all of that but then they get thrown into it, and they're shocked. And uh, from what I'm reading is that they're losing, they're losing the battle over something as silly as knowledge. I mean, it's just, you know, there's no new arguments. Uh, the peer pressure and the, and the social media, and again, it's stuff I'm trying to get up to speed on. Um, but I don't know what my next 10 years are going to look like. So if you're going to pray for anything, just have, some, have them reveal to me what, that, what that's going to look like. And when those doors open, give me the courage to walk through them. Let me just go ahead and share with you, Jeff, and with all of our viewers, and, and I really pray you hear this. Betty and I have been married 55 years. We're both 74. And uh, so 
three quarters of a century, you've got to figure we've lived, what if we lived to be 100, we've lived 75% of our life. Most people say, well, you know, it's probably more like 85%, maybe 90. I don't really care about the percentage. Here's what I want you to know. Jeff, none of us are too old to make an impact. No one's too young. There's no group that can be separated out from the will of God and not accomplished. Now, listen to me. <clears throat> we as believers were left here by our Father God and commissioned by our Savior to be ambassadors for Christ, to be the children of a Father that loves unconditionally and to release that love. And we're to show the world what a real family looks like by being a family which he calls the church. And he actually says it's his body and even says it's his bride that he's coming to get. And he says that bride will be adorned in his presence, his glory. Jeff, don't you think it's possible that we, the people of God, behaving like the family of God, could reveal to the world the living Jesus before Absolutely. he comes back? Absolutely. I think, you know, you ask yourself this. If um, there's supposedly 80 million professed Christians in America, ask yourself, why aren't we affecting the culture? And um, it's, it's going to take, it takes courage. You've got to be willing to, you know, Small organizations do more to impact right. policy in the direction of our nation, a few million in a group, but they're totally committed to what they believe in, do more than the 80 million who say they believe in the greatest person and greatest truth ever. I want to see that change. If all of us who do know him will begin to share him with love and openness like so many of our viewers do, and I'm praying we step up and say we're going to take it to the ends of the earth. Jeff, you are a blessing. And you've got our prayers, Thank and you. we will never not have our arms of concern around you. Yeah. Always be available to help lighten your load and lift it up. And you do that every time I'm around you. You brightened our day today. You made me <clears throat> almost choke laughing sorry. <laughs> and then I'm crying I'm laughing sorry. Would you say thanks to the Lord for Jeff Allen and thank you, Jeff. What a blessing. If our viewers want to go online, and get every humor, DVD, CD, whatever you got, where do they go? JeffAllenComedy.com. And can they find some things there? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And do you have a schedule you print there every now and then? Yeah, so we have a, uh, a, a full yeah, tour, tour schedule. Um, I'll be at... Um, uh, well, let's go to your website to find yeah, it. Well, yeah, because I'm trying this, to think. This, yeah. this could air one day after you were just there. <laughs> I can't remember where I put my shoes most days. <laughs> but I'm glad you remembered to come here. We yeah. were really loving you. Come back often. I wish you would come often. Uh, Jeff, we are, and you can't remember where you put your shoes. <laughs> we're trying to help kids who don't have any shoes. Right. Your beautiful little feet, precious little feet. And our viewers thank God for it. All of you here, but all of you there. I think you're the greatest, most charitable people on the planet. And I know you're going to want to do this. I want you to watch closely and then please respond. Not like I may ask you to, but the way the Father leads you to. And let's pour some love out on little children and let's shod them with the gospel of peace, Betty, the love of God, by giving them shoes. Watch closely. Through your generous support, the mission teams at Life Outreach International have extended the hands and feet of Jesus to the far corners of the globe, providing sustenance for the malnourished, water for the thirsty, medical aid for the infirm, 
and freedom for the captives. But on a recent trip to the African nation of Burundi, our missions director, Ralph Doan, was introduced to a young boy named Jadu, who highlighted another crucial need that countless children share. I've just seen so much poverty, so much sadness. One of the things I've noticed is there's no kids wearing shoes, Harley. Almost all of them have no shoes. And the terrain here can be really tough, even walking in shoes, but much less barefooted. Jadu was brought to me here. I saw his feet, and you can see the toll that has taken with him not wearing shoes, probably most of his life, if not all of his life. Like Jadu, children in villages around the world endure cuts and sores while walking barefoot through contaminated water, soil, or animal feces, which can open the door to deadly diseases and infections, including hookworms. You can be a blessing today by giving a child like Jadu his very first pair of shoes. It'll change his life forever. It'll change his walk. In fact, I believe one day he's gonna be a little champion for Christ and it'll help him even walk with God. So please partner with us to provide Jadu and children just like him all around the world with a brand new pair of shoes this Christmas season. You have no idea what just a little gift like this can mean. Betty and you and I years ago started going in the impoverished nations, even in Central America, and going to the dumps and seeing the horrific conditions where the children were. And, and then we actually went out and saw children that were already being treated because they appeared to have gotten the hookworms from getting in the open places in their little feet and then ultimately ending up in their brain. And we saw what love could do when we would go in. You remember us sitting in one of those villages and there was a real pretty little girl that looked shy and she just kind of disappeared behind mm -hmm. the little huts. And I just said, baby, I'm gonna pray that little girl back. I'm gonna sit down on the ground. I want that little girl to come sit in my lap. I'm gonna tell her how I love she, you. Remember she came, sat down on my lap. The missionary said to me over the years, even in Rwanda and the horrors of what happened to those children, that they were amazed the kids would come and just crawl up in my lap. There's a picture in the entry of our studio of me with a bunch of little kids in my lap. Their parents had just been killed in machetes. What made them come? Love, love. What causes people to want to say, let's meet that need, love? It's the love of God. And Betty and I can go all over the world and we could weep. We see needs, Betty, if the people watching us don't say, James, Betty, we will help the missionaries and the people love those children, love those families. We simply weep, but we have no results. Our viewers make the difference. They really do. You really do. You're such a big part of what God wants to do here in putting the shoes on these precious little feet. We've been there and had the opportunity to personally put the shoes on the feet of these precious children. And their little hearts just light up, their faces light up and a smile. And as you saw, they were dancing around. They had something to celebrate. Not only that they had received a gift from those that loved them and cared them about them, but they received a gift that's going to possibly save their lives because it protects them from all the disease and all the th ugly things they have to walk through. So please join with us and let's put shoes on these precious little feet. If you'll join us with shoes and smiles for Christmas, please go online, dial the number, 
take your bank card, I want you to make the largest gift you can. $36 will give 10 children shoes. 72 will give 20, now, please. If you could give $180 and give 50 kids shoes, would you do it? I mean, there's some level at which you can, can help. Would you, would you do that, please? Whatever you can do, we're asking you to do right now, please. We have some gifts to send you, the beautiful little red crystal Christmas ornament, this little shoe to go with others that we've given you over the years, and uh, the beautiful scented candle. This one is uh, cinnamon and uh, vanilla, and it says the light shines in the darkness, and you turn the candle, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You can never stop the effect of love. Would you right now make the largest gift you can, please? Thank you for doing it. Let's give shoes and smiles for Christmas. We need to start now so we can get them to the ends of the earth by Christmas. Thank you for doing it. Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we often take for granted, like a simple pair of shoes. Far too many children living in extreme poverty have never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections and disease that could lead to crippling consequences and even death. By responding today, you can help immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, and for many, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes, a gift of $72 will help provide 20 pairs, and a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. As a thank you for your gift of support, be sure to request this beautifully crafted red crystal shoe ornament, a treasure to display at each Christmas. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Light Shines in Darkness Frosted Glass Candle, featuring a beautiful golden design with scripture from John 1.5. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries, and you may request the Bridge of Faith Canvas Print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, you know, I'm holding up a beautiful little Christmas ornament. Betty got a little tree. She started decorating. She said, I'm about to get a bigger tree now. I keep getting more shoes with a little tree. But we also hang them because Betty and I, we're, we're good. We're faithful givers. We love to give. We find great joy in it. She got them hanging up, and you can even see them sparkling on the big tree. And I just want to thank you. And I want to say thanks to Jeff Allen again for being our friend and, and just blessing us. And we pray for Jeff's family and everything God's put before him. Uh, join Betty and me again saying thanks to Jeff Allen. Jeff, we really love you. God bless you. you Come back often. Let's try to work it out at least the time of year anyway. Thank all of you. Thanks so much for your help.
Alex Seeley describes her formerly abusive mom. Anything less than perfection to her was seen as I was wasting my opportunity. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.